This is a podcast by Wellhouse Church, where we take a closer look and dig a little deeper into this week's sermon. What's going on, Bible nerds? We're talking about Jesus and the gift, so let's take a closer look. Yes. So before we actually do this, there's a little bit of hard work that I have to give you in order to understand the idea of gift, because our modern Bible translations have not helped us in this because there are words in the New Testament, the Greek language, that gift literally just means gift. But the main word for gift is almost always in the New Testament English translations translated as grace. Okay. Grace is is fits within the category of gift grace is a gift now we've missed that because very few texts actually talk about grace as a gift when they use the other words for gift alongside grace Mm -hmm. but actually the idea that we have exclusively translated grace is equally as much a category of gift and not exclusively grace. Okay. So with that, you now have this understanding, this kind of construct that how do we get grace? Through Jesus. So that makes Jesus and the grace of Jesus a gift, the ultimate gift okay, through which we receive the most abundant experience of grace in the gift. So this is how Paul sets up the construct. Beginning in verse 15, he says, we ourselves are Jews by birth. This is in Galatians chapter 2, verse 15. We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is justified not by the works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So that's some legal language, some legal legal goopy language here that Paul is doing. But what Paul is doing is he's digging back to the Old Testament. That... The covenant is held intact through doing the works of the law. Mm-hmm. And that's what justification is. Justification is being covered, being, being justified for ex- through experiencing grace. And so he says, we're Jews. And so this is what we've thought is works of the law. But we know that, that a person's not justified by works of the law but through faith in Jesus Christ. And we've come to believe in Christ Jesus so that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by doing the works of the law because no one will be justified by the works of the law. How many times have you met self-righteous Christians? 
Oh, so many times. And do I you would probably have put myself in that category at times. one point in your life? Yeah. yeah. Do you think that the self righteous Christian fits the category of someone who is living a life of being justified by the works of the law? Yes. That's literally exactly what Paul is saying, don't do right here. Yeah. Like, that could not be farther from the truest understanding of grace and the gift. Mm -hmm. That it's, it's not by works. It's not by merit at all. You, we've done nothing to earn this gift. Mm-hmm. It is literally grace. It's because God, who has the authority, has chosen to give this to you. Because you can't be justified by the works of the law because you can't do them all. Mm. You can't. You are incapable of living the perfect life that perfectly lives itself within all the boundaries of the works of the law to be 100% justified on your own accord. And yet, one of the biggest detriments to the church, specifically fundamentalism, is that we've made a ton of self-righteous Christians Mm -hmm. who live their faith according to being justified by the works of the law. Don't do that. That mentality ruins the entire concept of gift and grace. Right. Verse 17. But if in our efforts to be justified in Christ, we ourselves have been found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. But if I build up again the very things that I once tore down, then I demonstrate that I am a transgressor. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if justification comes through the law, then Christ died for nothing. Paul ends up setting everything up to say, if I return back to this way of Judaism, if I, if I bring back all of the works of the law kind of theology back to this side of the cross, I've missed the entire point yeah. because it is a gift. Mm. It is categorically a concept of gift. And the gift is grace, which is Jesus. Mm. That's verse 20. It's no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. If you wanted to have a singular verse to point to that says what is grace and what does it afford to me what is this gift it's galatians 2 verse 20 yeah that 
is the epitome of the gift because once again, it's a gift that keeps on giving. In the same way that we continue to fail at being able to keep the works of the law, grace continues to abound. And so verse 20 perfectly encapsulates not only what happened in the cross and resurrection, but what happens for you tomorrow. That it's no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. That that he is this gift of grace and living within me is why I'm justified. Mm. It's why I'm covered. Why I have grace is because he's doing this. And when he does this, the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That is the gift. Now, to put it in the category of grace, to fully paint the picture of the construct, is verse 21. I do not nullify the grace of God or the gift of God, for if justification comes through the law, then Christ died for nothing. Christ is the gift and grace to us. It, I say it all the time. I am here as a Christian because of Jesus, both in a theological statement and in a deconstruction statement. Mm -hmm. I am here. We are here because of Jesus. And I think it's important to have this construct of the gift because it makes it a little bit more palatable to understanding grace in this category of gift. Because, Clayton, if I, you know, we're doing this for Advent, so everybody's mind is on Christmas. If I give you a gift, what, what, what are your available responses to me? And if I give you a really good gift... Like, it's not like I gave you a terrible gift. I gave you a gift that is valuable and you are going to enjoy, and it's going to bring life. Say thank you, one. Um, I, guess I, don't, I guess I don't know where you're going with this, so I can't. You want to live out the gift well. You have a reciprocity mm. about using the gift Mm -hmm. and what you do with the gift and how you use it. If I give you a gift, there's an understanding that you're going to do something with that gift. Correct? Sure. So in the same way, I don't think Paul's abolishing the construct of the works of the law. Right. But what he's doing is he's abolishing the fact that it leads to justification. It does not lead to justification. Christ is why we are justified. Christ is the gift. Christ is the grace. But in our receipt of the gift, we feel the need to respond in our own reciprocity of the gift with trying to live our life according to the works of the law. Yeah. It's not that the works of the law are bad. Right. 
It's actually just that our hope is not in the works of the law. Uh, the works of the law are our response. They're our reciprocity to receiving the gift that is Jesus. Mm. Now, do you understand the concept? You still look slightly lost. No, I'm interested now. Okay. So, in the ancient world, gift and grace, everybody put them in the same category. Mm -hmm. But they they weren't always identical in understanding. So this all comes from a book by John Barclay called Paul and the Gift. You can go look it up and read more about this if you're interested in it. But we're going to be kind of loosely using John's book um, throughout Advent for this series. It's actually what gave me the inspiration to do the whole series. But in the ancient world, grace or gift, this construct, the metaphorical like metaphor theory of the word gift concept was able to be perfected and in the ways that you perfected it. So perfecting like one example of being able to perfect the gift is that it's, it's freely given to all, right? That would be a perfected concept of the gift. Well, throughout all of the ancient writings that we have that John works with, there's only six categories of perfecting, perfecting the gift, in all of the literature that he looks at, there's only two universal perfections. Uh-huh. The other four, they all differ all over the place, even in, even in Judaism. Okay. Like the idea of a gift has some universal, like some true pieces about it, but all the other ins and outs... There's no universal, like, yes, this is the totality of what a gift is. Paul's own version of a gift holds the two main constructs that are true, perfected, in in all concepts of gift, which is universally given, but yet also... that God is the ultimate decider of who the recipient of the gift is, which Paul definitely still has in his own theology. Right. Think about the Jacob I loved, Esau I hated. Like Paul definitely has that idea in his theology, but he also has the piece that the gift is universally available at the goodness of God, who he chooses to distribute it to. So those two things are true for any gift construct because, and it makes sense for grace because God is the ultimate authority and who distributes the grace and gift. God is the giver of Christ. And so now the giver gets to decide who he gives the gift to, right? Mm -hmm. Now we have plenty, ample, places outside of Paul where it's very clear that God gives the gift to the entire world, even within Paul, right? That Christ died for all, that Mm -hmm. it's in Christ that this, this grace is experienced and it's available to everyone. 
But I think the thing that is really unique about Paul, more so than in any of the other gift constructs that John works with and that becomes really focal for Paul, is this idea of reciprocity of the gift. That this is a gift that's freely given in that you didn't do anything to earn it. And that's why it's gift and grace. But I think Paul is very concerned about the way that you live your life because you've received the gift. Mm. That there's something about receiving this gift that means that we have a duty to be good stewards of the gift. Yeah. Which is in the works of the law. And so I don't want anyone to think that... I don't want anyone to have a, oh, we can just go about sinning because grace abounds. I don't think that at all. I think that Paul is very concerned with what we do and how we respond with this gift. And it's, it's, it's a nuance because we know that we can't and we know that we're going to continue to sin and we know that grace does abound. But at the same point, that doesn't mean that we should just become abusers of sin because grace abounds. Do you see? Yeah. We have a duty to reciprocate the gift. Yeah. And in reciprocating the gift, you give the gift. Hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying? I think so. What's the best way that you can live your life in taking this gift that you've been given by God? What's the best thing you can do with it in, in reciprocating your obligation of the gift back to God, honoring God with the gift? What's the best thing you can do with it? I mean, are you looking for a specific answer? Yeah. Give it, give the exact same gift to others. Yeah. If you've received grace. Oh, that's a very non-specific answer. No, it, it absolutely is the most specific answer. That you do as Christ has done to you for others. You give of yourself. The same gift you've been given, uh -huh. you give that gift to every other person you come in contact with. Okay. Do you see? Yes. But that's kind of just do Jesus things, which is a large category. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In that way, yeah. it is. But it's a very specific one because it's directly tied to grace. Uh. The gift you have received is the gift you give. You literally re-gift the yeah. gift. Right. And that becomes your obligation, right? What, what does Jesus say? All the law and the prophets, right? The works of the law summed up in loving God, mm -hmm. which if you're thinking about reciprocity of the gift, you're already confirming that you love God. Right. Now, go love, love others. Yeah. I reciprocate the gift. I yeah. become a medium of the same gift. The gift that I've received becomes the gift through which I give out of my obligation and duty to God. It is the ultimate experience 
of the euphoric society of the gift that keeps on giving.